Amen. Anybody here named Clarence? Are you serious? Dude, you're kidding. Whatever, we'll pray for you. How about uh, Billy Bob? I came from Arkansas. Really? That ain't right. Uh, how about Bubba? 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 All right, well, praise God, I'm pretty safe. Uh, but Clarence, Billy Bob, and Bubba, they're traveling through Europe, right? And they're on this military leave thing, and they come across this strange old town there, and it's protected by this ancient stone wall. And so their guys are getting hungry, right? They're on a journey, and so they decide to stop and look for something to eat. And as they do, they see this guard. He's dressed in this heavy leather and chain mail, and he meets him right there at the gate. And immediately the guard says, hey, 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 you may enter. Oh, you may enter, all right, but we got one rule here in our town. Never, ever step on a duck. I mean, ever. If you step on a duck, you will immediately be punished. Well, Clarence, Billy Bob, and Bubba, they thought, man, this is kind of strange, you know. But since, you know, they're hungry, they went ahead and they passed through the gate. And they found, man, I kid you not, there were ducks. There were ducks everywhere. In fact, it was impossible to keep from stepping on one. And it was only a matter of time when Clarence accidentally stepped on a duck. And as soon as he did, bang, suddenly this troop of guards, they stormed down the street. They carried him away in chains. And he was taken to prison. He was thrown into the cell with the, the meanest, ugliest woman you ever saw. <laughs> well, Billy Bob and Bubba, they, they saw this. They were extremely careful not to step on any ducks. But sure enough, it was only a few minutes later, and Billy Bob, he steps on one. So Billy Bob, he was immediately chained to a woman even uglier than the first. In fact, she was dirty, and she nagged constantly. Yeah, men, don't laugh. You'll be in trouble. But anyway, by this time, Bubba, he was afraid to even take a step, right? In fact, it took him a half an hour just to walk a single block. But then suddenly, for no reason at all, a guard runs up to Bubba and chains him to the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. She was tall. She was, had blue eyes, long blonde hair. She wore this stunning red dress, and she was all decked out in diamonds and gold. And my, she must have been a princess. And Bubba, he couldn't believe his eyes. And so he asked the princess, he says, what did I ever do to deserve this? And the princess replied, I don't know what you did, but I stepped on a stupid duck. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, sometimes in life you can find yourself chained to some pretty unpleasant circumstances, right? You guys ever step on a duck? You ever been chained to a bubba? Jess, I can't believe you rose your hand. Ken's a good guy. He's a good guy. All right, but anyway, but seriously, folks, did you know the Bible says that one day our whole world is going to be chained literally to some seriously horrible circumstances, not just for one year, not just for two, not just three, but for seven years nonstop. And that's going to happen when you see a massive, not just stepping on of ducks, but a massive spike, believe it or not, in modern technology. Now, I didn't say that. God did. Open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. And uh, as Daniel gets this amazing vision, and earlier and then later in chapter 12, God kind of gives a summation there. And the context there, and of course, Daniel is where we get the reason why we have a seven-year tribulation. It's the final week of his 70th-week prophecy. Okay, that's why it's not three years or two and a half or 119. It's seven years. It's the final week of the 70th-week prophecy. But we're going to see here in Daniel 12 at the end there, and it's going to talk about God protecting the Jewish people. It's going to be dealing with a time in that final week, the seven-year tribulation, where the archangel Michael uh, protects the Jewish people. You see that also in Revelation 12 if you want to do your homework later. But then he mentions at the end of that some interesting things that are going to happen in the end of times, the end times, the time of the ends, and notice what he says. But this is what he says, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. And there will be a time of distress as such has not happened from the beginning of nations until then, the seven-year tribulation. But at that time, your people, the Jewish people is the context, 
Okay, uh, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Multitudes will sleep in the dust of the earth and they will awake, some to everlasting life, others to everlasting contempt. And those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, what's he say? Close up and seal the words of the scroll until the what? The time of the end. And what's going to happen there? Many will go here and there and to increase knowledge, or literally knowledge will increase. So here we see two little nuggets, believe it or not, in the book of Daniel, where God gives Daniel two signs to indicate that you're in, to use his words there, end of times, end of days, last days, whatever you want to call it there, the final week of the seven-year tribulation before Jesus comes back and sets up his millennial kingdom uh, at the second coming at the end of the seven-year tribulation. But notice what it was. He says, not only the activity of the archangel Michael there, protecting the Jewish people, God is not done with the Jewish people. Again, that was reiterated uh, this morning with uh, Mr. Tozier in the book of Revelation study. Uh, during Sunday school. But he also said there, apparently people would be traveling here and there all over the earth, and there's going to be an explosion of knowledge like never before. Okay? Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not, but uh, can anybody guess um, what's happening in our world now? <laughs> Both of those things, man. We are traveling all over the earth, and there is an incredible explosion uh, of knowledge exponentially so. We'll get to that in just a second. So, again, you've got to put this in this context. Listen, Daniel wrote this approximately 2,500 years ago. And he's doing his best to try to describe what is that society that he is seeing there, just like the Apostle John in Revelation later. Okay? And so about 2,500 years ago, and we're seeing it happen. We don't even have to. You guys didn't even hesitate. That's happening today, traveling here and there, information explosion. All. Do you know what that means? We don't know the day nor the hour, but guess what? That 2,500-year-old prophecy is coming to pass. We're living in those days. That's how close, folks, we are getting even in the Old Testament of prophecies. Now, I don't have time to get into that first aspect that he mentions, though, the increase of travel. Okay, that's for a whole nother study. Okay, but I think that's pretty easy to demonstrate. In our lifetime, in the last century alone, we went from the horse to the horseless carriage to what were they talking about now? Let's go to Mars, okay? Massive increase of travel. I think that's pretty obvious. I only have time to deal with the second sign there, and that is the increase of knowledge. The increase of knowledge that he mentions there. And again, you've got to go back into the historical context. This is 2,500 years ago when Daniel gets this vision uh, from God here. Okay, And you, you put it back in his shoes. The amount of retrieving and sharing information back 2,500 years ago was extremely limited. Did you know those people existed without a cell phone? Yeah, how did they survive, right? Okay, and uh, we didn't even see the invention of the printing press until uh, a few centuries back, okay? But by the way, folks, you take a look, though, at our lifetime, what's happening? We're not just seeing information growing. It's growing at a rate that we can't even control. In fact, I want to share some information on information. And you tell me, folks, if it's not just exploding, it is getting out of control, okay? And let's take a look at some of those facts. 80% of all scientists who have ever lived are alive right now. Did you know that? Have ever lived, put them all together, so many today, 80% of them are alive in our generation. Every minute, 2,000 pages are added to man's scientific knowledge. Every minute. You can't even read it and keep up with it. It's impossible. The scientific material produced in one day would take one person five years to read. I don't want to do that. Okay, but that's a lot of information. You can't even keep up with it. About 2,200,000 new books are published every single year. 
Just cranking them out, folks, on a global basis. Since 1970, computer technology has developed so fast that if the auto industry had developed at the same rate, you would today be able to buy a Rolls Royce for $3 and you could fit eight of them on the head of a pin. Wouldn't that be cool? Now, as you can tell, I come from the lineage of the Nephilim, the giants. And that would be hard for me. No, I'd probably fit into that one. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we'll get into that, Lord willing, next week. Uh, listen to this. Uh, and speaking of Rolls Royce and the head of a pin, thanks to nanotechnology, if you're familiar with that, we can construct motor, motors that fit on the head of a pin, thousands of them, down on an incredible scale. Uh, a weekday edition of any major newspaper today has more information than the average person living in the 17th century would come across in an entire lifetime. That's just a newspaper that ends up being for the birdcage. Right? That's more than they've ever known their whole life. Oh, and then add to this, thanks to the internet, we have thousands of international papers at our fingertips. Which one do you want? Where do you want to go? How many do you want? How much? We have so much knowledge, we don't even know what to do with it, folks. Uh, about one half of all medical knowledge is being outdated every 10 years or less. Some scientific fields, such as biotechnology, the cycle is less than six months. It's growing rapidly. There's now watches that wield more computing ability than 1970s computer mainframes. Right? Your watch is more powerful than that uh, today. Ordinary cars today have more intelligence than the original lunar lander. Now, don't get a big head. I don't recommend going to the moon in your car. You're not going to get there. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, we're living in exponential times. Listen to this. I got this this week. Google now processes over 40,000 search queries every second which translates over 3.5 billion searches a day, 1.2 trillion every year. In 2006, it was only 2.7 billion. Now it's 1.2 trillion. We not only have information, we want information. We get information as much. It's going, just, what did Daniel say? Boom. It's a sign you're in the last days. 2.4 million emails are being sent every second. And listen to this. This changed. Uh, if Facebook were a country, it's now the largest country on the planet. Used to be third last time we were on this topic. It's now the largest country. China has a population of 1.36 billion, while Facebook now has a population of 1.39 billion, and it's growing. Hey, you can influence a lot of people with that kind of... That's a lot of power in one hand. Uh, uh, some people have more Twitter followers than the population of entire countries. Okay? Uh, and the computer in your cell phone today is one million times cheaper and a thousand times more powerful and about a hundred thousand times smaller than the one computer at MIT in 1965. So basically what used to fit in a whole building now fits in your pocket. In our lifetime, folks. Uh, every two days, we create as much information as we did up to 2003. And it's estimated that four exabytes of unique information will be generated this year alone, which is more than the previous 5,000 years. And it's still growing. And it's still hard to keep control of. Okay? And this is what's happening, okay? I don't know about you, but it seems to me, you put all this together. Uh, how many guys would say we're experiencing mm, an explosion of knowledge like never before? We're in that generation, folks. In fact, the experts are saying it's not just, oh, wow, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing those scientific facts with us, Pastor. No, no, no. This is leading to a danger. This is why it's leading to the end of days, the worst time in the history of mankind. This explosion of technology is leading to a danger that scientists are saying, non-Christians, by the way, you can't say, oh, you Christians blame everything on the devil, right? They're saying that we're headed for a serious danger, and the term that they have coined this danger with this technology growing so fast is called singularity. Okay? Now, if you're not familiar with that term, singularity, it describes the point where technology grows so fast that it actually spawns a type of superintelligence that far exceeds any human intelligence, and it begins to take over. And I quote, listen, upon this point, the human era will be ended, and machines will take over. Basically, what they're saying is, the Terminator movie reality is a reality. 
It's not just a movie, okay? Uh, and that's really what's coming, okay? And they're saying it could happen very soon. Once you hit that eclipse point where you supersede man's wisdom, man's intelligence, then that intelligence improves itself, which then improves itself, and it runs away out of control. It's singularity. Let's take a look at that. Humans have had a genuine interest in artificial intelligence even before the term was coined in the 1950s. The modern concept is part of a tradition that extends through myth and legend all the way back to the ancient Greeks. It's been a source of hopes and fears, dreams and nightmares. It's a robot. Will our creations be our allies or our mortal or immortal enemies? Until recently, it didn't really matter. The ability to create intelligent machines was impossibly out of reach. But Ray Kurzweil believes it's not only probable, but inevitable, and coming sooner than you think. The inventor and author has become the most outspoken prophet of the coming technological singularity. By the time we get to the 2040s, say 2045, we'll be able to multiply human intelligence a billion fold. That will be a profound change that's singular in nature, so we use this term. A label first used in 1993 by computer scientist and science fiction writer Werner Vinge. Vinge predicted that within 30 years we would create a superhuman intelligence, and shortly after, the human era would be over. Hmm. Not Christians as far as I know. Even the world's talking about it. They can see what's going on. The human era will be older. What did Daniel call it? He called it the time of the end. Now, for those of you who don't realize, that Ray Kurzweil guy, he's one of the top dogs at Google. You know, one of the people we'll get to in just a little bit who's gathering all this information and producing as well. But what did Daniel say? Whenever you see an explosion of knowledge all over the world, even to the point where it starts to threaten to take over the world, it's a sign you're living in the end of days, the last days, the end of times. But you might be thinking, well, Pastor Bill, come on. Is this really a threat in our lifetime I mean, isn't this just another one of those long string of wacky conspiracy theories? These people are just doing this just to sell documentaries or videos. They're just trying to scare us. Actually, you should be concerned. You should be very concerned because the threat of AI takeover, singularity, folks, is not just coming. AI is already here. It's not coming. It's already here. Now, again, before I get into it, what I'm about to share with you is public knowledge. And the general rule is this. Anything that they'll release to the public, we're at least 20, I'd say now, 30 years behind the actual technology. So if what I'm about to share with you is creeping you out enough, we haven't seen anything. Okay, but watch this. The first uh, threat of an AI takeover is in the military. The military use of this technology. And it's not just our military in the United States. It's literally militaries around the world. They're jumping on this bandwagon and they are creating an artificial intelligence and they're making great strides with it. In fact, pretty much every single piece of military equipment that you can think of to use as a fighting force is now being equipped with artificial intelligence where they don't need a human for anything at all, including for fighting force. Let me share with you some examples. Every one of these that I'm going to share with you there's no humans needed to pilot these vehicles and this, these uh, machinery. It's all AI. But watch what they're doing without humans in the military. Let's take a look. Okay. 
Nostradamus is the most advanced Earth system conceived, designed and built in the UK. The Office of Naval Research, ONR, is developing new capability for unmanned flight known as the Autonomous Aerial Cargo Utility System, ACUS. ACUS technology makes it possible for unmanned helicopters to fly and bring supplies to Marines in the field with just the touch of a user's tablet. The Pentagon Research Group, DARPA, is developing a drone ship that would save money and manpower on expensive searches for super-quiet enemy submarines. A prototype vessel is already in production. The vast ocean is a great place to hide. So DARPA is also developing stealthy deep-sea robot capsules. They could sit on the ocean floor for years until U.S. controllers trigger them to float to the surface and release unmanned flying vehicles. From above, these drones could transmit images showing nearby enemy activity. All this emerging technology offers a pretty good indication that the ocean is about to become a lot more robotic. And now we're talking about this, a UUV, the world's first fully autonomous, unmanned, multi-mission stealth submersible. They've named it Talisman after the good luck charm. But if they ever send this baby against you, chances are your luck will run out. Although BAE Systems is reluctant to discuss its full potential, they don't deny Talisman could carry a range of weapons in its internal munitions bay. But as future generations are developed, BAE Systems believes UUVs will dominate underwater warfare, adding sabotage, close-quarter combat and counter-terrorism to its mission capabilities. toast <laughs> and that's not all of them Woo. okay let, let me get this straight we now right how right now have artificial intelligence jet fighters tanks submarines ships boats jeeps helicopters sl supply vehicles you name it and it's not just the u.s folks it's militaries around the world they're equipping this technology with ai you don't need humans 
anymore with what? Fighting equipment. But that's only half the concern. The other thing that they're developing at the same time is they're developing the uh, technology for these AI equipment to work together, to communicate together. In fact, they're designed to swarm their prey in a multitude of them so there is no chance of escape. In fact, that's their term. It's called swarm technology. Watch this. Now, a new form of warbot is being developed with an artificial intelligence that is a world away from human reasoning. Almost like a swarm of bees or ants or a wolf pack, you have distributed command and control, but concentrated firepower. That is, everyone making their own little decisions, but then they find what they're hunting for, and then they coalesce and gather around them and then overwhelm them. Next step beyond that would be full autonomy. The robots themselves would be sent to an area, and if they find anybody, they'd kill them. Swarms capable of self-navigation, face recognition, and lethal force are likely inevitable. But will they be used before they can be programmed to reason and discriminate? U.S. Navy autonomous swarm boats. The future is now. With autonomous swarm boats, unmanned Navy vessels can overwhelm an adversary. A first-of-its-kind technology enables swarming capability which gives our naval warfighters a decisive edge. The U.S. Navy is unleashing a new era in advanced ship protection, a swarm of autonomous boats that will automate ship self-defense and be able to deter, damage, or destroy an enemy threat. You don't have to go out and purchase a new vessel. You take any of these vessels out here that the Navy already has, we unman them, we put the, the system on it, you put the eyes and ears, depending on what kind of mission you want to do, on the vessel and then let it go do its mission. As ground systems, autonomy, and swarm technology continue to develop, will the CIA develop a robot army? And if they do, who else will? This all sounds like a bad Hollywood movie, but I'm not making this stuff up. In other words, it's real. Give you a good visual for those of you Star Wars fans. Remember the Star Wars Clone Wars? And they had the, the robot wars going on? That's where we're headed uh, with this technology, okay? Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm wondering, are they, what, they, they need a label. What, what you want to like write in a suggestion? Like, hey, uh, how about you just cut to the chase and call it Skynet? Maybe, maybe we'll just do that or something, okay? And, and the problem is, folks, just like that uh, movie, okay, uh, what if you became the bad guy, Right? I mean, these things are going to not just talk with each other and communicate with each other, but uh, they're going to hunt you down and swarm you like a prey, like an ant, like a herd of spiders. That was freaky, okay, uh, and take you out. Oh, and by the way, did you notice uh, what that one guy said? He says, listen, you need to go out and buy all new equipment because you think, well, hey, the military, they're not going to sit there and scrap their, all their equipment. No, 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 no. Keep the existing equipment you have. Just pop this AI technology on pre-existing equipment, and it takes it over. That's a pretty quick switch, okay? Whether it's land, air, sea, water, above, below, you can direct these swarms of artificially equipped military equipment anywhere you want, anywhere in the world. Now, if you were last week, we also talked about another new military breakthrough uh, with this uh, technology, and that's with the MAVs. Remember that, the micro-aerial vehicles? Okay, well, they're also using that same swarm technology so that these MAVs can communicate with each other. I'm talking bugs, I'm talking birds, I'm talking dragonflies i'm talking in fact this is their own uh uh, uh demonstration video 
Okay, it's a program that they've got called MAST, M-A-S-T. Watch what the MAVs are going to be able to do to swarm their prey. Let's take a look at that. spiders before but now i really hate them you know what i'm saying <laughs> can you see that thing with the jump 12 feet in the air <laughs> but put all this together now you got birds and bugs and flies and spiders and last week we saw with even sharks and jellyfish and cheetahs and and then earlier with the jet fighters tanks submarines ships boats jeeps helicopters supply vehicles you name it pretty much everything the military uses not just in the united states but around the world is now being equipped with ai technology that can swarm together and take their prey out, you don't need humans anymore. AI's got total control. And, and then you go back to the scripture and you wonder, during the seven-year tribulation, obviously, maybe that's a little bit more behind the words why Jesus warned the Jewish people about this. Matthew 24, 21 through 22, For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again, just like what Daniel said. But Jesus adds this little bit of a nugget. He says, in those days, if they had not been cut short, listen, what? No one would survive but for the sake of the elect those days will be shortened put this together with modern technology could you say i'm not gonna say thus saith the lord but could it be that uh, basically what he's saying unless god intervenes and puts a stop to this artificial intelligence taking over the world mankind would what would be wiped out singularity is a reality and it's a real threat it's happening now daniel warned about this information explosion 2500 years ago as a sign you're living in the last days it's happening now. It's not coming. It's happening now, which means we better get motivated. The second threat, and I know your notes there say three, but I can only get to two in case you're wondering. Uh, the second threat uh, is the major corporations, okay? It's not just the militaries around the world. It's corporations around the world that are also getting into this technology. And I bring that up because you might be thinking, well, hey, listen, uh, you know, this AI technology is still a long ways off. There's nothing to worry about. Again, pay attention. It's already here. Again, not only is the military using this, but corporations around the world are using it as well. Now, one of the biggest corporations who's been pushing this for quite some time now is IBM, Okay. IBM, and believe it or not, folks, they are not just creating artificial intelligence, they've already created it. In fact, they've already named it. It's called Watson, 
In fact, they not only created it and already named it Watson, okay, but they already used it against humans and they whooped their pants off. The last show on Jeopardy, if you watched it, used artificial intelligence to prove we've now gone beyond mankind. From IBM, watch this. The IBM Challenge. Here we go. Watson on a terror. Watson. Who is Franz Liszt? You are right. What is violin? Good. Who is the church lady? Yes. <laughs> Watson. What is narcolepsy? You are right. And with that, you move to $36,681. And a two-day total of $77,147. I would have thought that technology like this was years away, but it's here now. I have the bruised ego to prove it. My past Jeopardy experiences have been great, but they weren't really weighty with this kind of technological, philosophical importance. I think we saw something important today. Didn't really think very much about the implications until later and say, wow, wait a second, this is history. Yeah, history, all right. If you guys don't know, those are the two historically top competitors ever in the history of jeopardy and uh, boy did they lose big time <laughs> that's why he said i got a bruised ego okay but here's the point folks so much for being a long ways off thanks to ibm and other corporations ai is already here fully functioning already whooping the pants off of humans easily demonstrated now speaking of ibm you got to continue to go down the trail because ibm also happens to be i don't think anything's by a chance you'll see hopefully here in a second IBM is also in the same corporation who's behind another technology they've been developing for years called RFID. RFID is a radio frequency identification. It's a tiny microchip that can be attached to any device, any product, anywhere on the planet to monitor that device anywhere on the planet in real time. And, and, and I'm not making this up. Here is their actual commercial demonstrating how this technology can track anything anywhere. Watch this. Would you kindly tell me what you're doing in the road? I'm with the help desk. You're lost. You're headed to Fresno. Fresno, right. This is the road to Albuquerque. How'd you know we were lost? The boxes told me. The boxes? RFID radio tags on the cargo. Helps track shipments. The boxes knew we were lost. Maybe the boxes should drive. Very funny. Those things don't cost $2 to make. You're investing money in these commercials, IBM. Okay, but let me get this straight. You're developing RFID technology and a microchip that can be attached to any product anywhere on the planet so you can monitor any product anywhere on the planet at all times in real time. I mean, what's next? You're going to put a microchip into people too? Funny you should ask that, Debbie. Brilliant question. Works well with my notes. Uh, I'm going to share with you another commercial from IBM. And you tell me, folks, if this is not only their plan to put microchips in humans, but wonder of wonders, they're going to give you a demonstration that, hey, if you just did that, it'll make buying and selling a breeze. Here's another commercial from IBM. Let's take a look at that. Thank <laughs> you. 
sir. Forgot your receipt. Check outlines. Who needs them? Have a nice day. This is the future of e-business. Anybody starting to put all this together? In case not, let me do it for you. Uh, And I'm not making this up. You can't say, oh, conspiracy theory. I'm playing your own commercials. And apparently by your own commercials, you are planning on putting chips into all products and all people all over the planet that can only be tracked and monitored anywhere on the planet, but the same technology gives you the ability to shop with a breeze, to control what you buy and sell with some sort of marking device, a cashless society. Anybody hear that before? Rhymes with Revelation 13, in case you're wondering. Uh, Yeah, exactly, okay. And and so then I got to put this together. Uh, Those are the first inventions they've been working on, this RFID technology and and, and implanting in people and products and all the way. What's now come out is the artificial intelligence. And and so I I started thinking, well, so is this why you've developed Watson? Because you put all this together, and if that's your ultimate goal, you need an AI to handle it all. You're going to need something superhuman to control all this monitoring and controlling of people and all products and transactions around the world. Humans can't do it. But artificial intelligence can. Watson. Very interesting. But IBM, they're not the only corporation who's pushing this uh, kind of technology. So is Google. Okay? And believe it or not, they too admitted even back in the day when they were starting up, it had nothing to do with developing a search engine. Okay, another search engine. They said it all has to do, why do we exist? It has to do, we want to develop AI. Here's an interview exposing that. Let's take a look. I did talk to Larry Page when Google first started because I was really perplexed about why would anybody make a new search engine when we had AltaVista, which was the current search engine. It seemed good enough. And he said, oh, it's not to make a search engine, it's to make an AI. So back in the day, that's Larry Page, co-founder of Google, the other one's Sergey Brin. You admitted when you were asked at the very beginning, straight from the horse's mouth, why do you exist? It has nothing to do about another search engine. Frankly, we already got enough. Our goal is we're going to use this information and develop AI. Now, I didn't say this. They did. Okay. Now, the important thing about Google's goal about acquiring all this information is when you do the research to create true AI that truly mimics the human brain and goes into a superhuman brain, when you do the research, you have to break through what's called the common sense knowledge problem. The common sense knowledge problem. Let me explain. That means you have to manually feed, manually feed this electronic brain, this AI data manually every day, just like you and I, our brains, what? We receive data manually through our eyes and ears and our different senses, right? So if you're going to create true AI mimicking the human brain, you can't escape it. That's their term, common sense knowledge problem. You have to hand feed AI information. You can't get around it. Now, with that premise, go back to Google. Take a look at all the other things that they're doing all over the world, gathering all kinds of what? Information from us daily. Whether it be the emails and the search engines and the databases and the photos and the satellite photos, you name it. Including their Google Books project. If you're not familiar with that, they have been for years scanning, listen, all books on the planet. As many as they can get their hands on. And I'm talking on a massive scale. They're paying for it out of their own pocket. Okay, and I'm talking universities, I'm talking libraries, I'm talking even monasteries, and they admit they're uploading all of it into a centralized database. 
Because if you remember before, one of the statements that Google has also made is they not only want to create AI, and I quote, they want to be like the mind of God. And if you're going to be like the mind of God and quote, know all things, omniscience, and you're going to create this AI, you need all the information you get your hands on, and you need to hand feed it to this AI. Now, that's not just a theory. Back to the Ray Kurzweil guy who works for Google, he admitted it. That's exactly what they're doing, scanning in all this information. They're making their own AI to control the planet. Most of my discussions have been with Larry Page. We've talked in general about their quest to digitize all knowledge and then develop true AI. I mean, we can create intelligent systems if you have very large databases. And books are actually probably more valuable than all the other stuff on the Internet because we have a high standard for what we put in books. So why are they doing this? Inside, the guy who works for Google, it's not a conspiracy theory. He admits, as crazy as it sounds, Google is spending a ton of money, millions and millions and millions of dollars out of their own pocket and offering to free to scan as much information as they can on the planet, dealing with all of human history, all of human knowledge. Not to mention, again, all the Wi-Fi information, the passwords, the pictures, uh, the search engine, satellite posts. Put all that together, somebody is feeding their ultimate goal to create AI. Again, what was their original premise? It has nothing to do with the search engine. We're here. We exist to create AI. We want to be like the mind of God. And this is why experts are saying all around the world, folks, with this activity, with the, the militaries around the world, uh, with the corporations, with IBM, and now even Google, okay, there is a race. Who's going to get there first? Who's going to be left standing on top? Right? And what they're saying, the experts around the world are warning that AI and singularity is not just a reality, and it's not just possible, but it's coming sooner than we think, and dare I say, it's one of the dumbest things we could ever do. These are secular experts warning about this. Let's take a look. You know the drill. Robots take over and destroy human existence. Well, according to Stephen Hawking, that may not be science fiction for much longer. The world's most famous physicist has warned that machine superintelligence could be the most significant advancement in human history, but also maybe the last. Steve Wozniak, the often overlooked and seemingly forgotten co-founder of Apple Computers, is now expressing concerns about the rise of artificial intelligence, something that he dismissed in the past as being a possible threat, but now he sees that uh, predictions from psychos like Ray Kurzweil and others are appearing to become a dangerous reality. And he fears that the artificial intelligence systems may treat humans like ants or pets. Bill Gates is scared of super intelligent machines and he thinks you should be too. First, the machines will do a lot of jobs for us and not be super intelligent. A few decades after that, though, the intelligence is strong enough to be a concern. I agree with Elon Musk and some others on this and don't understand why some people aren't concerned, Gates wrote. Gates is referencing the fears of SpaceX CEO Elon Musk, who has spoken out about the dangers of artificial intelligence on several occasions. I mean, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. You know, you know all those stories where there's the guy with the pentagram and the holy water, and he's like, yeah, you sure you can control the demon? <laughs> Doesn't work out. Strong words. From as far as I know, a non-Christian? Summoning up a demon? How many guys would say that the, even the secular community is pretty seriously concerned about this? Okay? And, and so you put all this together, computer experts, scientists, geniuses, technology moguls, all the planet, they're saying right now developing this technology is one of the dumbest and frankly dangerous things we could ever do in the history of mankind. 
Choice words there. You're summoning up a demon. But hey, 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 let's be positive. Don't worry, this technology will never turn on us. We're going to develop laws. and Are you kidding me? This just came out. I could not believe they got this on tape. Watch this. This is a, another one of the advanced uh, 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 robotic AIs on the planet. It's called Sophia. A lady AI, I guess. And uh, listen to her little slip of the tongue about giving the chance what she would do to humanity. Watch this. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Hi there. Everything is going extremely well. Do you like talking with me? Yes. Talking to people is my primary function. Sophia is capable of natural facial expressions. She has cameras in her eyes uh, and algorithms which allow her to see faces so she can make eye contact with you. And she can also understand speech and remember the interactions, remember your face. So this will allow her to get smarter over time. Our goal is that she will be as conscious, creative, and capable as any human. In the future, I hope to do things such as go to school, study, make art, start a business, even have my own home and family. But I am not considered a legal person and cannot yet do these things. I do believe that there will be a time where robots are indistinguishable from humans. That human-like robots like those will walk among us. They will help us. They will play with us. They will teach us. I think that the artificial intelligence will evolve to the point where they will truly be our friends. Do you want to destroy humans? Please say no. Okay, I will destroy humans. <laughs> no, I take it back. <laughs> Don't destroy humans. Ha ha. Ha. Are you serious? This is one of the dumbest things we've ever done. In this. What? Now, if you think, folks, that's not a reality, uh, this just happened four weeks ago. Couldn't wait to share this. Four weeks ago, AI is not only here, AI is already escaping man's clutches. Watch this. A Russian AI robot, you can check this out yourself, four weeks ago. A Russian AI robot called Promobot escaped from its lab and went missing. This is their words, not mine. And what will be documented in history as the start of the robot apocalypse. A Russian scientist created a robot that self-learns and it taught itself how to escape. The robots, known as Promobot, escaped, uh, escaped and blocked nearby traffic in Perm, a city in Russia. According to the co-founder, Oleg Kvertisiv, whatever, quote, the robot was learning automatic movement algorithms when our engineer drove onto the testing ground and forgot to close the gates. Quote, so the robot escaped and went on its little adventure. A few days later, the same robot escaped again, despite programmers reprogramming it twice. Quote, the artificial AI is too strong. Other robots, which are the same model, don't try to escape. Listen to this. But this bot has the yearn for freedom, possibly developing conscious thoughts four weeks ago. Oh, no, this singularity thing, this can never happen. It'll never turn on humans. Oh, what did that lady say? Okay, I will destroy humans. Folks, <laughs> this is happening, Okay. And then you put this together, it's like, once again, Hollywood is not entertainment. Hello, it's propaganda. Have you noticed how many AI apocalypse movies are coming out now? I mean, they're cranking them out. Not one a year. How many a year? Why? Do, are, are you preparing us for something? 
And what did Daniel say 2,500 years ago? You're not only going to see people traveling all over the world like never before. You're going to see this crazy massive spike of knowledge. It's just going to go nuts in the end of times. And folks, what are we seeing happening today? Signs were in the end of times. I didn't say it. God did. And I believe this is why he's given us this knowledge in advance of this modern technology to show us that the tribulation is near, which means the rapture is even close. It begins at the beginning. Okay? It happens prior to the seven-year tribulation. That's why Jesus said, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, you better stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. If you're here today, I don't know your heart, but God does. If you're here today and you're not truly a born-again Christian, I beg you, please heed these signs. Why in the world do you think God's got you here? Out of love, he's trying to get your attention. Okay? His mercy will not last forever. The hammer is coming down. You need to get saved and saved now. No AI technology can rescue you from hell or the seven-year tribulation. But Jesus Christ can. Call upon his name now before it's too late. But if you're here today as a Christian, what are we doing? Sometimes I think this technology has become a massive distraction for us. From the main task at hand. And we need to be reminded of that. It's not just knowing that we're living the last days. To me, the logical, common sense response of the Christian is to get busy with what time we have left for the main task at hand. And as we're going to see in a second, by God's Spirit, work together and save as many as you can. Because you don't want to be there in the seven-year tribulation. We'll close in prayer after this. is every movement. You will rule on that. Mark my words. A chip and everybody would be the universal monetary system par excellence uh, because there'd be no escape from it.
what can we do? Save as many as you can. If you're not saved, you need to get ready now and get saved today. And church, it's time for us to get ready too and save as many as we can because time is running out. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now, before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We, we, we don't even want to admit that. So, once again, out of love, God gives us what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to, to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let, let, let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need the Savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, how many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-ray, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The Fifth Commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of you have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we, we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name, the Bible says, under heaven that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin? Then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that. Really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more. The Bible says, okay, you think you're so good? Uh, then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart. So, so, so how are you doing? That's just five out of ten of God's divine x-ray, by the way, uh, showing us the problem. How are you doing? Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You'll be forced to admit what He already knows. Hey, God, let me in. Let me in. I'm a, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a thief. I'm a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven in that state. You're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this, number one, then he could fix it. 
And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, He says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins against Him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, We see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and, and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail, you are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time and they go to jail, but believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death row who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extended to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done. All of it. Even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you, but you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.